1: The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
2: The center of the galaxy this is the four center podcast feed and this particular episode is the Kenobi report we are going to celebrate an episode of Kenobi that was absolutely amazing and featured absolutely no appearances of the corpse of Terra Sanube I'm Joseph Scrimshaw
3: I'm kidnap suck I'm sorry buddy it's not looking good it's not looking good there was that glimmer of hope that it's just the species not Terra Sanube but
2: not there longer. was a real a real like energy of like the, you know let's brush off the food it just fell on the floor it's still good it's going to be okay it's, <laughs> it could just be a Kosian and jedi master and then uh, yeah starwars.com tweeted out mm-hmm. a little gift there a little gift uh, yeah. no it, it, in all seriousness it's been really fun to just uh, celebrate that character and thank you to everyone who has reached out uh Terra Snube was a incredibly interesting part of that episode but there's so much more to discuss in the world of this television show Obi-Wan Kenobi so I definitely want to dive in Part four of our Kenobi report about part five of the show, uh, about 34 ish minutes of story. Once you break it all down, uh, written by Joby Harold and Andrew Statton. Uh No other credits. Once again, speak to this part of the story being one that was crafted in more of the final evolution of the show since the earlier episodes had a lot of credits. A uh, first story by uh, two people who worked on various uh, earlier iterations of Kenobi. Once again, of course, directed by Deborah Chow. You have any thoughts on any of that, Ken? The the length, the credits?
3: No, length was good. Uh, I'm I'm ready for a three hour finale, but uh, yeah, length length <laughs> was uh, good. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, love love and love tracking the the writing journey of this show. It's it's come up more than anything else because of the the long process to get here, which has been fun and fascinating.
2: Absolutely, and I think it is a really interesting dance between a sort of three-act movie structure, which I kind of expected, which it kind of mm-hmm. is, but also a real effort to make it episodic, which I'd be, uh, I'll would be i be thrilled to discuss more once the whole show is done. Um, but yeah, definitely, I, I felt like this was a full meal. I, I didn't feel like the, oh, this isn't enough because, man, did they pack a lot mm-hmm. into that time. And when I finished watching uh, with uh, my wife Sarah last night, uh, she was just kind of shell-shocked so I just gave her some time <laughs> and then her first response was how long is the finale <laughs> so yeah. I think that your feeling is uh, one that is being felt at least by my wife in this home
4: <laughs>
3: yeah no absolutely and I thought I thought I should I'm not even going to discuss I saw, thought I saw some answer out there to that question and I'm like I don't even want to believe it it was a great length I don't want to believe it we'll just we'll just see next week
2: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. A lot of detective work going on out there. We always like to set the scene. We want to celebrate that we are Star Wars fans who are just kind of enjoying Star Wars as well as analyzing it and all that stuff. So, Ken, was there anything different (laughs) about your viewing process this week?
3: Yeah, again, like to publicly apologize for this episode being a day later than normal around these parts, but it ended up being a really good reason. I, I'm not go, go into too much detail here, but yeah, I, I had a colonoscopy scheduled and, and y'all should get scheduled and tested if possible. I know that's uh, always um harder to uh yeah, it's a different podcast about uh, <laughs> access to healthcare. But um But uh, yeah, anyways, long story short, it was a good, uh, good, easy process and uh, something was found and something removed. And according to my doctor, I'm one very lucky guy. So uh, I'll take this delay, of the podcast um, to take that test and, uh, and get that screening and, and have it do what we need it to do either. Hey, you're good or you're going to be good and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, that was good. But what that also means is like Joseph is hinting at, I watched this episode the first time having just downed about 13 glasses of vile <laughs> liquid to prep me for my procedure, uh, which uh, was an interesting uh, view, but it was, it was, um, I was done by the time the first round, you know, you, then you have your morning prep too. Oh, it's a journey. Um, but I was done with the uh, all the major activity and just kind of was ready to sit on the couch and be like, I just need, okay, it's 42. I need 42 minutes with Kenobi and friends to just kind of (laughs) calm me down after that gauntlet, Uh, all worth it, all worth it. But that was my experience the first time around.
2: Well, that's a great uh, experience uh, in terms of having a Kenobi and friends be there for you in a time where you needed some comfort and some distraction. So I'm glad Kenobi could be there uh, for you. I I, I second uh, the desire for everyone who is able uh, to get checked. I feel like it's a real Kenobi thing. I feel like there mm-hmm. could be a PSA of Kenobi telling Anakin. <laughs> Uh, medical health a colonoscopy is the destiny of a jedi it's just what you need to do protect yourself anakin preserve life uh so that is fun to imagine i'm glad that you got uh that experience uh, done uh for myself i had a much more traditional experience i poured myself some gin i rotated in a a new kenobi figure to watch with my growing collection of various kenobi figures (laughs) yeah that are watching with me This week, I just, I really wanted to get myself sort of back in the mood because I've just, I've got a lot of different things going on and I can feel kind of scattered and then be like that. I'm just, I'm just hitting my, my wrist where my imaginary watch is going. Like, is it time? Is it time? And I wanted to slow down and get back in the mood. Uh, So at about 11.45, I just, they have it as a separate sort of previously on that you can rewatch that five minute prequel summary that Mm. uh, started the first episode. So I just, rewatch that and it i just so got into the the mood and the vibe and the thrill of we get to see this story continue and yeah. that that is that 5 minute preview of the summaries or or a uh, review of the the prequels uh is a great summary of the prequels but i also feel like it is a, a guide to the beats in the show to mm. what specific moments or ideas might still be pulled out so it was really fun for me to get in, back into that headspace uh then watch the episode and just immediately hit replay. There was no question. Mm, yeah. <laughs> this was an instant rewatch for me. This was not a I want to sit and think about it as like, no, I want to I just want to, as a fan, watch that again right now.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I I would have if I could have <laughs> uh, preoccupied. Um yeah and 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 uh, second viewings are so important. And and, and uh, if anyone counters that, well, you shouldn't have to watch an episode twice to appreciate it. that, that I, I would disagree with that. I, I, if you're studying Star Wars, loving Star Wars, you always want to get that second viewing in. Um, expectations are tossed out the window, things that might bother you the, the first time around. Uh, and there was a couple of things that did. And I you, you look past that and also just the thrill of it. it. The roller coaster ends and you're like, again, again, again. That's that's part of the reason we're here.
2: Th- that's where i was at i definitely want to watch it more than once to to really get past just yeah my initial expectations get past just the uh, the plot beats the literal what happens uh and then i really want to watch it re it for the depth but then also for the roller coaster and and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think that's a, a great way to get into our overall reactions loving it liking it struggling with it uh i, I really enjoyed it because i thought it was such a great example of a ton of action a ton of cool pulp thrill but all of it had meaning and depth uh, and, and that's what made me want to smash that button to watch it mm-hmm. again it's like I want to see Darth Vader do those cool moves and I want to feel why he's doing them I want to have both levels of experience right away right now so where were you at did you you said you struggled with a little bit what did you struggle with where did you end up
3: I, I, I I'm at the risk of sounding like a broken record, I think this is the only time I, I want to mention it. Uh, I, I do struggle with the volume uh, limiting some of the larger sequences. And what I mean by that is it's not about looking good or bad. Again, knowing that the volume exists does not automatically make it bad because sometimes it's just, it's absolute home runs. Sometimes you're like, oh my God, I forget that this is uh, something uh, new kind of shooting and everything. And it comes up and and it's almost like you become obsessed with this BTS factor and that can take away joy. None of it takes away any joy. I want to be clear about that. I ju- I just think at times I feel... Uh, constrained. I just, I, I, you know, okay. They're only sending two ships because we're only going to get 20 members of the 501st in this stage. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and that's just the reality. And that's why I think it's important to, to be able to go, okay, acknowledge it. I'm feeling that. And then we'll get past it because this particular episode is, uh, you know, we always hate, despite having a show called Star Wars Ranked on this podcast feed, I hate ranking things uh, and have that those rankings be used against uh, Star Wars in any way. But this is my favorite episode so far, along with episode one, which is weird. That's been my other favorite one, which I think has to do with those insightful moments in Kenobi so I just kind of want to acknowledge that here uh there was just some things some stagings of, of the sequences uh, uh I wanted more people to duck when and hide when shooting um little tiny <laughs> things so that kind of popped up a, a, a little bit and, and and that's that's just me being honest about it there but beyond that man we had discussed for years and I do mean years going back and, and re-uploading and fixing some of the old episodes on this big long switch to ACAST, I've I've heard you and I and Jennifer talk about What will we get in Kenobi movie? Why reasons we think (laughs) of Kenobi? Um, It's not about, hey, we predicted things that are right. We're always going to have things that are spot on and some things that are wildly wrong that we said Mm -hmm. years ago to be clear. We're we're not the prediction game. We had discussed for years how this story, the potential to be this big turning of the page in Obi-Wan's life. And quite frankly, it is that. And I'm just loving that every week. And not that it's not – there's things in the series I've never seen, right? Kenobi with young Leia, uh, Reva. I didn't know that character existed before this one. All the, There's wonderful, a wonderful list of new things the show is bringing. But this exploration of Obi-Wan's life is working for me. That's not always going to be for everybody. So the themes and character study is just – um, home Runs for me. I think the action, uh, to be clear, scratches those Star Wars pew, pew, pew itches. We got some great action. So I don't want anyone uh, to think what I said uh, takes away from my enjoyment of the action. Um, just that that's the overall view. So you struggle and you love. And that's the Star Wars story.
2: Yeah, you struggle and you love. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you with uh, the volume. I think I'm feeling it. I, I think it's partially because... Uh, I, I was telling my wife, I was like, I'm trying to find the words. It's almost do, too big to process, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. going back to all the different points of my fandom from being a child to being a fan of the prequels, and 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 at the time, e- even though I, I still had my criticisms of them coming out, I loved them and wanted to see more, you know? And it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was a lonely time in my fandom because people only wanted <laughs> to talk to me about what they didn't like in the prequels. But yeah, all yeah. of those moments, we said, Obi-Wan, 10 years after Order 66, you know, facing Vader again, um, it almost feels too big for the small screen. You know, like yeah, I'm having I'm having a hard time processing that I'm even seeing it. You know, yeah. um, there's something like shorting out. <laughs> and yeah. I think then, on top of that, sort of emotional reaction of how big this is, uh, I think uh, we've been describing it at some points as Episode Three Point Five, and I saw some other uh, great people doing that too. Mm-hmm. Um, that then this sort of the the times where the it feels a little physically constrained by the volume, I think, just uh, accentuates this weird tension between this is amazing, this is big, this is the hugest Star Wars thing ever for me yeah. in some ways, versus it's a shot on a smaller place with a little smaller budget.
3: Yeah, and and, and all the the money that you might think Disney Lucasfilm has, these all of the shows, Boba Fett, Mando, and this, have all had smaller budgets than you'd think. Uh, and especially Mando season one, I heard some of those conversations around town. You did as well, Joseph. Of, I, quite frankly, someone once told me Favreau didn't get the, all the money he wanted for this. And but that but that goes to what Lucas has always wanted to do. And I know I know George ain't shooting this show and he didn't you know, he's not around the volume all the time. But that's he his idea of digital filmmaking and everything was to bring it to the people mm-hmm. to lower the costs so that you could do this on your own. That that's the power in in story and that's the power in telling stories. So I think it's still inspiring. And and the technology. um, you know again to be clear sometimes it looks just wonderful just wonderful. So it isn't that me going, "Oh, that's the vibe." It's just going, "All right, all right, okay. They're fighting in a little cave cuz they have to and some of the staging of it, a uh, little, you know, a nervous, shaky extra pointing a blaster all scared and stuff. That some of those things don't really work for me. I wouldn't trade any any of the scenes we are getting though for anything another style another way uh, you know what i mean like the the, mm-hmm. the reva mm-hmm. i'm gonna warn you all now the reva kenobi at the door scene it's gonna be one of those scenes i'm gonna talk about for years much like the danny trejo rank you're all gonna get sick of me talking about how much i love that scene um it's too powerful for me you know like i, I mean in a good way like i just i just love it so i wouldn't trade that for anything so any no. little issues or anything or the hate shot down in manhattan beach on the stage i don't care uh, it's just there and you have to acknowledge it but the other stuff is, is just going too great for me
2: Yeah, no, I I think that uh, it'll be fun to do some wrap up in some review conversations about the whole thing. And there is that part of me of like, yeah, no, I mean, you, you could probably pare this down to a two and a half or even a three hour movie and it would be this big spectacle. But what all beats would you miss? Yeah. Um, and I'm right Who'd there you with lose? you, uh, Reva in Obi-Wan scene is one of the best scenes in all of Star Wars, uh, for, mm-hmm. for my money, for my, uh, credits, yeah. for my Republic that <laughs> Cap,
3: capital, A L L all of Star Wars that yep. scene
2: alone. Yes. Uh, yeah. Hearing Obi-Wan say the night of order 66, the way he <laughs> pops that and just ah. the absolute devastating, great performance of the whole thing, but we thought he was there to help us. Uh yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously we'll talk about it more, but yeah, I just, in my overall reaction, I really wanted to highlight that that scene that was absolutely uh, amazing. And it was mm-hmm. that, those scenes, as well as the fun pulp thrill that made me want to rewatch it. Uh, I think my overall reaction, what I really, really loved about this episode, and seeing people responding online about it is, uh, this whole show was pitched as, you know, the rematch of the century. And as we're heading into uh, the final episode, I'm sure that there will be a big, bold lightsaber battle between Vader and Kenobi. Uh, mm-hmm. But we discussed a lot in the show of like, I'm here for the actual physical rematch. Yes, but I'm much more interested in the emotional rematch. And mm-hmm. that will continue into the next episode. But this episode was uh, Vader and Kenobi uh, crossing blades the entire episode it was just an emotional rematch it was the psychological batter battle between vader and kenobi the way it was you know framed obviously with the the mutual memory of this sparring battle uh was great but it it was so internal that vader focuses on kenobi's instinct to sacrifice and kenobi Mm. focuses on vader's need for for victory but what I really loved about it is so much this episode is that the the reality that Vader needs to be the master. That mm-hmm. that is what is motivating him in many, many ways. And I thought that was really, really great because one of the lines that has caused, you know, tension and, and, and concern from fans is that, you know, uh, when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Mm hmm. And instead of like kind of deal, maybe they'll still find some like little sort of uh, functional way to, you know, make sure that line, quote unquote, makes sense. Mm -hmm. But what this episode did for me is a large amount of this episode was about that line, about the psychology of that line, the emotional canon of that line, that that is all Vader needs is to just fully beat Kenobi all the way once so he can prove to himself he's the master.
3: Yes. Yeah. Mm.
4: Yeah.
3: I'll build towards that uh, side note. I, I I just, I accidentally rewatched a new hope last night
4: <laughs>
3: um, in prepping for one of uh, our future episodes here coming out this week. Uh, just like, eh, screw it. The restart buttons up. I'll restart it. And the amount of um, just wonderful. I don't know. It's not just about the new information or recontextualizing the whole thing. It's just, I, 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 I it's weird to say for an original trilogy fan, I, I feel I, I know even more about that movie now. Uh, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed that and tying it back to the stuff. I, I personally really enjoyed that.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, and we'll get into it. I really loved the the Vader and Reva fight. I thought that it was so fresh and interesting, but also in just like some absolutely, oh, that's cool moments, uh, but had great uh, emotional depth to me. Um, and then uh, I also like that they're giving us a new Kenobi figure every episode. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, with putting on that robe, which also has a deep meaning, that's a fourth outfit variation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be clicking so many pre-orders and then a year from now, just Kenobi figures are going to rain down on my home and it's going to be great. <laughs> uh, also, keep wanted to keep mentioning my overall reaction that there continues to be a, a commitment to cliffhangers. Again, as I've said the last couple episodes, not a bump, 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 will Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. make it? Uh, but yeah. it's still a cliffhanger. And I really love that, that establishing shot of the homestead was from the perspective mm-hmm. of Kenobi's cave, where at, at least, you know, in theory to a part of his mind, maybe that's where he should be. Maybe that's where he needs to be. I really love that extra yeah. emotional weight of the cliffhanger that it was framed from Kenobi's perch.
3: Mm-hmm. And he's not there. No, and absolutely he's not
2: there. No. He's uh, yeah. It's your
3: point of, of, uh, oh, sorry, sorry, cut you off. No, Go, um, go for it. Uh, sorry, the, the, yeah, but the, the, the emotional cliffhangers uh, are really working. Yes. Uh, we know Luke's going to be all right. That's not what we, <laughs> that's what, not what cliffhangers are all about. It is just, uh, man, I'm excited to see, excited yeah. to
2: see. Yeah. The, the cliffhanger is what is it going to take to keep him? Okay you yeah. know yeah. so he can be whining at uh, Tashi station yes <laughs> safely yes. Uh, in the future soon and i mean that in a good way i love the Tashi station wine all right let's get into the episode then the big themes the big ideas for you what was uh, at stake in this episode
3: uh all right so this is one of those episodes where I think the themes are served up on these wonderful platters like I don't really think you need to dig deep which is always what in a weird way I love when we are just like hey it's all it, it's right there it's right there do you see it so uh I titled this the this episode uh, that which you cannot forget it, it's just this hmm. idea it keeps coming up. Tala, uh, her words keep coming back. Not just in this episode, but even the one from last week. This, uh, this uh, what's the quote there?
2: I wrote it down. I have a lot of notes This, where, where he reads reads. Uh, you're right, Ben. Some things you can't forget, but you so, can fight to make them better.
3: That one when Kenobi stares at the wall and whispers, glad I had headphones in, closed captioning on, the light will fade, but it's never forgotten. And hmm. just taking that, uh, taking that and, and how the past can build, how the past can inform, and then the past can also hinder. I always want to put this caveat. I really do. We talk about stories, not just themes, but we love and and particularly it's one of my passions to apply it to the real world and apply it to our own lives. As always, there are themes and and, 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 and they're be not to be taken as easy steps in our own lives. Like I don't I don't want anyone to say I'm suggesting that all you have to do is choose the better choice and you're good and all your trauma is healed. That's not what I'm suggesting, but this episode really takes those deep dives into that. Uh, I'm sure you're on the same page with me, but I'll run through quickly just uh, how Vader cannot learn from his past. how Reva cannot change her past has never moved past it. She's right where we first found her in, in, in that opening sequence, right? She, she's right there. Um, still uh, dealing with some of that fear and how she chooses. It. by the way, she's just some of <laughs> you have no idea what I've done alone is one of my favorite lines in Star Wars for for the tragedy of it, the power of it. There's so much behind that line.
2: And then just the the wind up in the delivery just the power, the choices to make each of those syllables kind of distinct. But then there's Mm -hmm. also just this sort of like rumbling fury coming out of it. It's uh, really well delivered. These are the moments that for me are like, yes, she's a phenomenal actor making really interesting and specific choices to make Mm -hmm. us the audience feel her pain.
3: Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and all the stuff with Kenobi, we'll we'll will will pull it out of how Kenobi uh, now you know looks his past, grows from his past, and interacts with his past. Now five episodes in, d- differently than he did one, two, three, four episodes ago, and that's the point, right? I get that. How mm-hmm. uh, now you know, not just because of Tala's story, but because of everything here, including staring at the wall, reading the past, reading that line, the light will fade, but never forgotten. Seeing the lightsabers and robes of either fallen Jedi or perhaps Jedi that have now shed the role for various reasons. A lot of power in that there too. So that's the big theme overall. There's uh, big stuff about how and why you fight and and the idea of the unbreakable Obi-Wan Kenobi's. One of my favorite themes in Star Wars. Um, just how, 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 what will it take to break Kenobi? Uh, all those I kind of things. So anyways, that's all stuff at play. That's where I'll start. And I'll concede the floor to you, sir.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think we're really in agreement. I think the whole show is uh, so laser focused on, a, on and its big ideas about recovering from trauma, about the cycle of violence, and in particular within that, Mm-hmm. Um, how do children get hurt? How do children get failed by mentors who should be helping children uh, break the cycle? You know, all of those ideas, it's so laser focused on, including even like in this week, uh, Tala's, you know, memories of uh, being made to serve the empire and being made to, uh, you know, expose all these families to the violence of the Inquisitors, but including it specifically in six children, I believe she says it. The show yeah. is so laser focused on those ideas, uh, but it, there are sort of new ways to look at it each episode as it builds towards its conclusion. And I think the big episodes here are the big ideas in this episode are how do you handle the past and yeah. really about uh, how you fight, as you said. Mm-hmm. Those, those are the two big things uh, that I want to look at. I really want to look at this idea. Uh, that you started with, um, I kind of thought about it is learning from the past versus repeating it. And everyone in this episode, uh, you know, for simplicity's sake, we'll code them as good guys and bad guys. They're a lot more complex than that. But for simplicity's sake, we'll say heroes and villains. Um, Yes, Everyone is responding to past trauma, right? And the heroes, uh, like Obi-Wan and Tala, are trying to learn from it. They are trying to not have the mistakes of the past happen again. And I feel like our villains, Vader and Riva are obsessing in thinking that they can correct it uh, by Mm -hmm. doing something in the present. They can fix the trauma that they felt in the past. But in doing that, they are risking just repeating it, repeating the cycle of violence and repeating the cycle of loss, which is I think happens to both of them a little bit. Uh, Happens to Riva a lot, a lot, (laughs) but I think it happens to Vader uh, as well. Um, so yeah, I think you're, I think you're spot on. I want to, I want to yeah. dive a little bit deeper into kind of each of the heroes and each of the villains, uh, path through this, but I also want to pause for a moment to see if you have anything <laughs> to add to that.
3: <laughs> no, no, uh, no, I, I love I love your deep dives here. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, um, yeah, the, the breaking, the, the breaking the wheel though, so to speak to borrow from the other franchise, but, uh, the breaking, breaking the cycle of violence and, and uh, that's why I love, you know, not to go into individual lines here, but I, I love Kenobi just kind of saying, are you going to let him do that all again there's families in there children like mm-hmm. and, and that was really powerful just to see and i have a lot of reva thoughts a lot of reva thoughts um someone who had this trauma that that would destroy everyone and and um i totally understand it's it's tied to some uh horrific tragedies in the real world and and here in the u.s they have the, the warning up again so I try to discuss that with care but um from that horrible starting point to you know to me in my mind her making some choices this isn't cassian going i did some horrible things in the name of good i think this is reva going. yeah i did some things because that's how this would heal me and it isn't you know and it's not even that she wants to be healed she just wants to destroy it all uh and and vader's in a similar situation i think this giant hole in their souls um and and the way they choose to fill it is uh is uh it's just tragic and and i think there's this other theme of, of the hollowness of rage um and i think even the grand inquisitor showing back up uh uh and 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 he's so wonderfully swarmy but just (laughs) kind of being like cool yeah yeah your rage was pretty good for a while it ain't good no more and that's this horrible lesson tragic lesson to learn anyway so i'll hand it back to you because i'm gonna get too excited about stuff.
2: (laughs) yeah no i mean let's uh let's just dive into the villains we'll talk about reva because i think reva is the her cycle is the worst because it is a literal repetition right mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. that her, her motivation is vengeance right and, and there's this question of will that make things right she was uh, you know grievously wounded physically and emotionally by vader uh so she's hunting him uh mm-hmm. but in order to do that she is repeating the cycle already and inflicting trauma on younglings uh and, and families and innocent people of all kinds mm-hmm. to be an inquisitor to get close to vader uh to hunt him Right. Uh, but I thought one of the things that was really, really powerful about this cycle of violence story with Reva is in that great scene that we both love so much. Uh, the door to door confessional <laughs> uh, between Kenobi and Riva, when, when Kenobi gets through to her and she starts speaking her truth so quietly and, and hauntingly, uh, she says, I tried to help them, but I was too weak. And she Mm -hmm. mentioned things about family. That is a total mirror of of Anakin, right? Of like, Mm -hmm. I saw that somebody else had the power to take life and to cause pain. And so my response to that is I need to have so much power that I can never lose anything again and that I can kill anybody who is powerful enough to kill. You know, Mm -hmm. It's, it's the reason that Anakin is in that temple inflicting these horrors on riva and she's you know repeating that cycle and mm-hmm. then you know obviously uh in this this plot to for her to get her, get her shot at vader to isolate him yeah uh in some ways it can be seen is she is you know helping the Kenobi and all of the people escape. She is helping break the cycle of not letting Vader walk through and there and slaughter everyone again. Mm. Uh, but it is still just trying to get her vengeance, right? It's not he. Yeah. It's not the Kenobi or the Jedi. It's very tragic, but he needs to be stopped, not with hate in our hearts, but just for the reality. It's no. She's <laughs> gonna kill him for vengeance, and only ends up so very literally going through the exact same trauma again. You know, those, mm. those shots flashing back and forth from uh, Vader. Uh, and anakin vader in the present anakin in the past is Mm -hmm. just such a horrific and powerful literal cycle of violence she failed to escape it and and ended up caught up in it and we'll talk about it more but i think you know the ending is about her continuing to be trapped in this cycle of violence of if i can't hurt anakin i'll hurt Mm -hmm. his kids
3: yeah 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 right right (laughs) yeah she ain't she ain't gonna run to tatooine to have a picnic
2: <laughs> yeah I definitely want to make some more time at the end of the podcast here to talk about uh yes, thoughts sir. about next time but I, I feel like that was a part of it of like she literally went through the exact same cycle of violence again the exact same thing happened to her at the hands of the exact same person mm-hmm. and all she can think about still is is rage you know and, and getting yeah. back at him uh so yeah I thought I thought Riva's part of that was very powerful uh, and I'd love to dive into Vader here a little bit, if that's cool with you.
3: Oh my gosh, let's! Uh, yeah, I wrote beat for beat that flashback fight to see what I could learn from it. It,
2: it was
4: great. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean the, the the flashback fight was absolutely amazing. In it, it by by Kenobi and Vader sharing it, it felt it set up that Vader is trying to not fall into the trap. Right, like uh, we can talk about this a little bit more when when we're talking about the, this idea of the theme of how do you win right but it's like it's almost like vader anakin is thinking like i always have him i'm always more powerful than him and then he's always got something Mm -hmm. up his sleeve but i can i I can i can get on top of that this time um but his whole motivation in terms of this cycle of i can not learn from the past but i can correct it by through sheer will and sheer power it all feels to me like vader's motivation for kenobi isn't vengeance it isn't Palpatine will be happy with me if I stop him or I'll be able to achieve this next thing if Kenobi is gone. To me, it's all about uh, Vader Anakin's mindset of, like, I am the most powerful. I Mm -hmm. am the master. Uh, So how could Kenobi have beaten me? How could he have left me imprisoned in this suit? So it is, like, just straightforward vengeance, like Mm -hmm. the surface level, like it was in part three. was like, you burn me. I'm literally burning you. But this episode was about the deeper psychology of, like, I have to beat you at least once, all the way, no doubt about it. How can I be the master if Mm -hmm. you keep beating me in some way? Um, And and I thought uh, one way that that was, like, just really uh, hammered home, literally, is having some of the same moves in the sparring fight that uh, Vader uses against Kenobi in their part three battle. Mm. Uh, where he's got Kenobi down on his knees and Kenobi's just kind of holding up his blade as nothing but defense and just uh, hammering on it. Uh, I mentioned that as being like one of my favorite action moments in part three. And then to see that exact move in the sparring fight, it is just so much about Anakin just being blunt and literal and power, hammer, hammer, hammer at his defenses. And, uh, and I will break him. And I think that's a lot of what that part three fight is about is like, I, I broke him really easily. I need him to stand up to me so I can prove that I'm the master. And, yeah, you know, and it's really frustrating that it was this easy to batter down his defenses because yeah. I know he's got more. I know he's got more. And yeah. yeah, I feel like, I feel like Vader's thinking through that fight, trying to not uh, trying to correct the past by not having it happen again. And when that second ship takes off, whoever is in the helmet at that point, the helmet just wobbles a little bit and it should be comic. Mm, mm. but it's painful. It's like I, I tried so hard not to have it happen again, but he beat me again. Really powerful.
3: Yeah. Vader, I think of the breeder song, divine hammer. I'm just a divine hammer. (laughs) Vader's just this, this, uh, hammer looking for his water to, 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 to slash, um, rock DJ emerging back in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everything you said, uh, it's, it's, um, having rewatched new hope, uh, and that fight, and we're you and I are going to analyze in a future episode every little lightsaber fight in Star Wars. We're going to have a lot of fun doing that soon here. That's a little a little spoiler for you all there, what's coming soon here. But you know what I was drawn to, Joseph, after watching this episode, is in episode four, New Hope, where Vader's just like, yeah, escape is not his plan. Mm-hmm. He's not here here to, to escape. I've lived with that line for 40 plus years, but it just has some new context to me of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to go prove I'm still the Padawan. I'm still the learner. This bleep has got my number and I've got, I'm. that's all I see. That's all I see. And to see that play out and to see again, the lessons of it here. I love the start of the flashback fight, um, which is by the way, wonderful, right? And everyone's been clamoring for, for flashbacks. And, and here we are. You finally get him. You finally get it. I'm sorry. You had to wait so long. Um, uh, Obi-Wan, Mentions how he lost the previous trading fight, right? Good. Then maybe mm-hmm. I stay more of a chance this time. Already playing in, in, into Anakin's pride. Already knowing that you can topple him because of that. Um and, and how that all just, yeah, just this all builds to <laughs> Vader stomping the the um the robes of Kenobi after he disappears. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. still that, it's all this leading to this of what? i'm the most powerful i have uh, I, i'm mad at this order i'm mad of uh, perhaps regretting the decision to to leave his his uh, mother perhaps i think he does uh mm-hmm. regretting the decision to sacrifice all uh to get this power to save padme and it didn't do it. And, and nothing how many times have we said here in force center that vader is just stomping around the galaxy the most powerful one out there even though he's uh you know a second generation uh you know a model because of uh All those limbs and all that stuff. As we said, Palpatine bought damaged goods at this point. But he stomps around and never get gets what he wants. And he's so obsessed with victory and power as an answer. And I think um, that only changes in Return of the Jedi. That's to me the first time he lets go and he sacrifices himself for Luke. Other than that, it's always about victory and how hollow it is and how hollow the rage is. So I just absolutely it really makes me just want to watch every Vader moment again in the original trilogy.
2: No, absolutely, and I think that's what's adding so wonderfully to this is, uh, you know, I, I've uh, long said, I feel like the, the story of those two big battles in Episode 3 and Episode 4 are Kenobi beating Vader twice, but in different ways. Like, he yeah. physically beats him because... Uh, because in, in in episode three, because Anakin is obsessed with his power and thinks that he's leveled up with this dark side. He's believed that lie. And it's like, no, he just had, Obi-Wan just has the tactical advantage. He beats mm-hmm. him, you know, physically, brutally in a lava covered nightmare, right? Yeah. And then Vader thinks he, he wins on the Death Star, but he doesn't even know what battle he's fighting, you know, mm-hmm. uh, absolute victory by Obi-Wan. And I'm so interested to see, if they do indeed have a big physical clash how that fits into that story but this one this sort of uh chess game across uh, the stars yeah <laughs> uh in this episode vader definitely lost again um mm. and so he didn't get what he was wanted which which was this uh i can i can m- retroactively fix the past by kicking ass in the present uh in, yeah in, 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 in con- you yeah, go ahead so so,
3: so, so i'm not going to call them out someone i know tweeted out <laughs> Sorry. It, it, Twitter's an interesting spot. If Vader's got all this power, why doesn't he just use it to get what he wants? <laughs>
4: it just just <was> like
3: <laughs> point. He's trying. Story. Like, uh, yeah, that's, that's exactly, exactly. You got He's it. Trying. You got it. You're almost He's there. Dying.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yep, he's trying, and it's all that. All that power isn't necessarily enough. Uh, yeah. Just to touch base quickly on the positive side of this, mm-hmm. I feel like what's really nice about this is, yeah, Riva and Vader are obsessed in repeating cycles because they need to make the trauma of the past go away by repeating violence. And mm-hmm. I think what's so beautiful about what's going on with uh, you know all all of the the freedom fighters here we call them, but specifically with Tala and Obi wan really bonding over. Horrible things have happened in the past, and you know, we can't forget them, they're real, but we can fight to make them better. I think that phrasing mm-hmm. you know, of we can fight to make them better is let's work hard in the present to learn from the past, not repeat those mistakes, and do everything we can uh, to avoid them moving forward. Um, yeah, but but what you're saying too about relating these big Star Wars lessons to to life, I think that lesson. There, there, there's not a flip we're going to switch to make the past, uh, an atrocity of the past okay, it's always going to be an atrocity and it's always going to be sad, but we can try to avoid them in the future using what we have learned, what we know um, I think it's really meaningful that this whole escape is compared to multiple atrocities of the past and tall is really explicitly comparing it to when she was used by the Inquisitors and mm-hmm. that she, you know, those hash marks on her belt, I'm not going to let it uh, I'm not going to repeat that mistake. Uh, the mm-hmm. fact, like you were saying, that Obi-Wan just directly says, this is going to be Order 66 again if you let it, Reva. Of, you know, mm-hmm. Their families, back, their children. Are you going to let him do it again what he did to you? It isn't about reaching back and somehow erasing what happened. It's about moving forward and trying to help as much as possible, trying not to fail people again, if at all possible. It's about trying, mm-hmm. not about it's about tall and Obi-Wan are trying to help people in the present because they feel badly about letting them down in the past, but they're not trying yeah. to change the past. And I feel like Vader and Reva are like, if I kick X person's ass, I'll be fixed. Yeah. In the, it, it, there is a big contrast to me,
3: huge, and and that's the point, right? And I think Star Wars is so much about the next choice, right? It's so much uh, asking you, what are you going to do the next time? And I, I feel I love that you highlighted Talos line. I think it's one of the best lines of the series so far. This idea of fight to make it better. Not not we will make it better. We want to fight to make it better, which which uh, is almost as, as if Tala's saying, you know, they say in Force Center, it's not always easy. Um, But <laughs> here's what it is. Now, I, I really love that line. Love her story. We'll, we'll go into more her moments, I'm sure. But um, I think that's absolutely one of the core lines of this episode. Fight to make it better.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I want to dive into this uh theme that you brought up as well of the how do you win? Right. Yeah. Um, big picture i really thought it was this uh kenobi vader battle of like there are two paths to victory we've already touched on this a little bit of like the for vader anakin it is the sheer power versus obi-wan's ingenuity uh, resourcefulness uh seeing the big picture asking others for help but all of it kind of boils down to this big star wars theme of rigid versus organic right um and it's not that vader can't be crafty and he's trying to be crafty but obi-wan kind of always out crafties him. <laughs> uh, you know, this is, this is like, uh, you know, th- maybe a little bit of a comic way to talk about this, but this is like Vader's like, you know, out in, in the cartoon desert going, I'm going to get him this time. But uh, mm. Obi-Wan got one more Acme trap <laughs> <laughs> and tricked him one more time. Uh, I love that, that sort of establishing victory conditions was the through line of their sparring match. Right.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, That Anakin starts out aggressive, which starts, which mirrors Vader attacking this facility. Uh, Obi-Wan loses ground, loses his weapon, you know, mirrors Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan surrendering, literally handing his weapon away, you know, being weaponless in in front of Riva. And then in the sparring match and in the the modern story, Anakin thinks he won, but Obi-Wan has changed what the game is, right? Yeah. Uh that uh t- taking uh Anakin saber from behind, you know, is really matching, you know, Vader marching on on the compound. Uh but literally changing the ship, you know, mm-hmm. laying the trap with Riva. Um one of my new favorite Kenobi lines is you're not bringing him to me, I'm bringing him to you. <laughs> yeah. Such a great crafty Obi-Wan line. Uh, so I I think there's the the that whole sparring thing is the the deep psychology between them, but I think it all does just kind of boil back to what w- what are your victory conditions? What what is it uh that is going to be a victory for you?
3: Yeah, what are you trying to accomplish? Mm hmm. What what are, you, what are mm-hmm. we really here for?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and obviously there's a lot of great lines in that in that uh flashback uh, about you know, Obi-Wan making this clear of your, your need for a victory. Anakin, it blinds you. You're a great warrior, but your need to prove yourself as your undoing until you overcome it. A Padawan, you will still be, uh, mm-hmm. which is, you know, ties to his, uh, you know, uh, I was, but the learner line, um, and definitely feeling like an angry Padawan right before Riva attacks him <laughs> when yeah. Obi-Wan's got him again. Um, but I, I, I feel like, uh, Obi-Wan really defines, his victory conditions relatively early in the episode, right? He defines Mm -hmm. the parameters of the fight that the goal is to work together, defend life and escape. You know, he steps up, he takes leadership and he has that uh, line. If we try and fight them, we will not survive, but we do not need to fight them. We just need to hold them off long enough to get you all out. Uh, Mm -hmm. So he really defines like, this is, this is what the victory is. It's not about fighting. Is it about, it's about uh, escaping uh, to, to live another day.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, fighting for survival, which is more powerful than the uh, winning or whatever your your traditional view of winning is. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And yes, is that a repeated Star Wars theme? Absolutely. Star Wars. Star Wars is not just about Star Wars. Uh, I saw that recently, too, on Twitter as well. I guess it's just about Star Wars now. No, it's so much commenting about what you could do going forward. Uh, That's that's the purpose of all of it Uh, wrapped up in some fun, fun, pew, pew, pew action, of course. So this is a big theme for a reason. And I I want Star Wars to hammer it over your head till you get it. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And that was pretty
2: powerful here. Jedi's goal is to preserve life, not take it. Uh mm-hmm. and obviously Obi Wan does take some life in this show, in this episode, um, in, yeah. in defense. Um, but the goal is mm-hmm. to uh preserve life. I I, I did want to ask your thoughts on this, because I feel like Vader is is trying to figure out where Obi Wan is, is going, right? Mm-hmm. Uh but he doesn't he doesn't do that successfully and he's left feeling like a padawan while the ship gets away. Mm-hmm. And then Reva attacks. And I thought the battle with Reva was super, super cool, obviously, getting to see Vader, you know, use the force in different ways. And mm-hmm. I thought there was definitely the the psychological, like, I just got owned by my master again, mm-hmm. uh, my former master. I'm going to show Riva who's the master, right? There's some real, like, almost behind the mask. <laughs> yeah. Joy is a weird word, but just like, I could probably take her out in a second, but I'm going to make her feel it, because I need to feel like a master right now. So I thought mm-hmm. there was that psychology in it, but also his actual moves, I felt, reflected his sparring battle with Obi-Wan a little bit, with him trying to take a little bit more of the Obi-Wan role.
3: Mm. Yeah, Great In their point.
2: sparring battle, I thought it was really, um, really meaningful that he didn't pull his blade. He mm-hmm. fought, for Vader, he fought very defensively, spending a lot of time dodging and letting her tire herself out Mm-hmm. Uh, taking her weapon from her, just like Obi Wan took Anakin's weapon in the sparring battle. You know, it, there was a lot. I feel like he was he was trying to fight like Obi Wan. Like he's he, he knows he can be a blunt instrument, and he's trying to fight crafty.
3: Uh, yeah, I love it because he, he says your weapon is gone. It's over to, to Obi Wan in the flashbacks, and uh, maybe taking the lesson but learning the wrong thing from it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's not it's not like uh, like Vader isn't crafty uh, um it just yeah. feels like obi-wan always uh one ups him you know in in this particular fight this is not raging vader hacking away this is cool collected vader showing Riva um what a what a master he is and and what a you know low-level fool she is from his perspective
3: yeah, and him always being in, uh, you know, hip to what she was trying to do. Right, I love that. Like, did you really think I didn't figure this all out, youngling? Like, oh my lord, yes! Great stuff to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've got this. No, I love, I love looking into this because the action. We can talk about it later. Or the action, the action is pretty cool. Vader doing uh, all these different moves and everything like that. But the the, the the why of it all is is intriguing to me, and I, I'm really with you on this point of of. Um, I don't know. It's like me not eating food for four days. Man, that Thai food I ate last night—I was proven. It was, I was the master <laughs> over it. I'll tell you what. First meal in four days, I was doing all the moves Vader was doing um, with my fork. But yeah, I, I, because I I, I, I had that thought too. Of like, he's not even pulling his blade. So I'm fascinated with the why of that. And and I, I, I think you're you're hitting some things that I really like there.
2: Yeah, and giving her, you know, the, it's so, such great use of the Inquisitor blade that they can separate, to separate it and give her blade back. And it just really feels like, look, I could probably just force push you into the wall, you know, and I, I'm more powerful and that would be it, but I'm going to take my time with you. Cause I need a win. (laughs) I need to pump myself up. I need to pump myself up. So I am going to let you rage like I would sometimes do. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to own you. I'm going to give you your blade back so you can even try. I'm going to show you, I can still beat you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, obviously extremely, extremely uh, moving and affecting and and horrifying from Riva's perspective, but also a lot there for Vader. Uh, Final thought for me on this sort of how you fight and what are what are you actually fighting for? What are your victory conditions? I thought it was really intriguing that the question was really raised of what is Obi-Wan's ultimate goal? Obviously, in the moment of this episode, it is without question, protect these people, protect the path, get them out of there. Don't repeat. Uh, Order 66, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But he tells Reva we want the same thing. And she says, do we, Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan, do you really want Anakin dead? And I thought that raised a really great question going into the final episode of, I thought that look on Obi-Wan's face is like, I haven't, I haven't, I know that this question is buried deep in me of now that I know he's alive again, what do I want? Mm Mm-hmm. And I haven't had time to do the soul searching and I need to. What do I want? Uh, Do I want to kill him? Do I want to try to save him? Uh, I know I need to protect the children, but how how do I best do that? You know, I I thought it was really nice that those questions were raised as we go into this final episode. Uh,
3: It it harkens back to the end of episode two. And I really loved when you had uh, interpreted that moment uh, of – a, a moment of, of weird hope for Obi-Wan at the end of episode two. There was definitely some fear, but also this idea of, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I can, I can, that's, that's what I want to go back and correct, maybe, uh, is, is keeping my buddy alive or doing something differently, you know, speaking in general terms there. But I, I so I thought that was at play here in that, that great, great line from Reva. Again, just delivered so well, um, you know, do you really want Anakin dead? Because she knows. I can't she she probably knows the answers no too. Like maybe she she could see it. He's he's got to get there. Um I don't know. I'm fascinated by that because cause that's gonna really um inform the final confrontation, uh, whatever it is, you know, whatever it's gonna be.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And like absolutely. I have uh I have uh thought and discussed on the podcast many times that I thought there was a version of the story that would be more about Obi-Wan more proactively going, I can save him, I'm gonna go out there and do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm liking the story that they're telling but i do think that this that is still on the table for the final episode and i think that the way that that story is being told is in a much um a, a, a reactive emotional way like when i call that moment at the end of episode two hope like obviously he's frightened yeah of vader he's disturbed by vader but <laughs> and i don't think like in in that moment at the end of episode two that he was thinking through like rationally and calmly, yeah. what are my options? I got this new information, what should I do with it? I think it's telling that when he discovers that that Vader's alive and that he wants Kenobi dead and that he's uh, out there protecting his daughter and hiding his daughter from him, that he has this knee-jerk emotional reaction to say Anakin and reach out. I don't think he's mm-hmm. being logical. I think he's being emotional. Yeah. And I think it, it's telling that his first reaction is on a deep emotional non-logical level he's still alive means there's some amount of hope and i don't yeah. think he's dealt with that and i think that look on his face when Riva says it is him realizing oh yeah that is there and i'm not dealing with it
3: yeah yeah no that's a great way to describe it uh, a great way to describe it and 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 almost like kicking back to you like what do you think i i don't uh, have the answer here of of him you know kind of saying all right yeah you won't realizing you're here you're hunting him um you, you know, offering some sort of help, whatever that help might be in the, in the moment of the wall and her saying, I don't need your help. I don't need anyone. Well, that's, that's, uh, you know, you can analyze her in that moment too, but how much Obi-Wan's like, yeah, you're right. I maybe don't, or I haven't come to terms with that. Like you're saying, so maybe you can go do it for me. And, and how much of <laughs> like, I'm curious to see your thoughts on what his end game in that, in that path, did he believe she could uh, take him out? Was he hoping he could take it out to do what maybe he doesn't want to do or what he hasn't come to terms with yet? Um, I don't know. Fascinated with that part of it.
2: I, I really think that in this moment, he doesn't have the luxury to think about it. Right. I think that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for him, the thought of do I, Obi-Wan, my personal want is my personal want to try to get through to Anakin. It maybe feels a little selfish compared to where he's at, which is beyond question he started this with, okay, I'll protect Leia. Um, I will do anything to save Leia. Now I've discovered this path. that are all these good people out there that the light has dimmed, but it's not forgotten. It's not gone. I got to step up. I got to be a part of that light. And my number one thing, big blinking (laughs) blue lights in my mind, protect everyone, protect them, protect them, protect them. And I feel like that in that moment, he's just like, Vader is very powerful. He is coming for me. Uh, yeah. He needs to be stopped. I don't have the luxury to think about how I want to handle it. This is, this will work for now.
3: Yeah. Yeah. This will work for now. I like that idea. Uh, um, I like that idea because, because uh, yeah, it's not like he has these chests. He's not, he's not palpitating with these charts of <laughs> options, a flow chart of decisions to do and, and plans to make out. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I think it was just uh all right. I, my goal is to get out of here.
2: Yep. And that's my goal all survival. I can. My Yeah, and that's what I need to be laser-focused on right now, which for me kind of ties into the last small thing I wanted to talk about, which is just like that uh, big theme of of the Jedi way and Mm -hmm. how much this isn't just Obi-Wan coming back to hope. This is Obi-Wan returning to thinking of himself as a Jedi again, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think when we meet him in the beginning, it's not just... uh, We lost. It's just that he's not a Jedi, you know? That's not, that was his identity, and it's not anymore. Obi-Wan is in his name. Ben is his name, and he he, uh, cuts meat and backs down from fights. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He maybe pushes back. He verbally spars mildly with a Jawa, but that's it uh, for for (laughs) Obi-Wan Kenobi standing up, right? Uh, But I think, you know, multiple episodes in a row now where he sees the Jedi symbol, he sees uh, who has survived and is continuing to find a way to survive that that quote the light will fade but is never forgotten Uh, Mm -hmm. i still go to the the, you know some things uh uh, you can't forget meaning horrible things but also good things and Mm -hmm. i feel like he's remembering that in this episode that he is uh not just getting by he is taking leadership right he gives that that jedi speech uh he's being a a general (laughs) Yeah, yeah in a good way he he, he looks at those robes and he chooses to put a robe back on like loud and proud. I don't think he's chilly in the cave, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think what's really happening to kind of go back to our question of what is he feeling about Vader? I think he's really, really reconnecting to that idea that at the at, at its absolute core, what does it mean to be a Jedi? It means to defend life. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it connects to, you know, his line in to Anakin in the sparring match, a Jedi's goal is preserve life, uh, not take it. But I think in this whole episode, he that's all he is focused on is how can I use what I know about Anakin's psychology to defend the path to defend everyone here? But I think in the big picture story of Kenobi, him opening back up to like, I can still be a Jedi if 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 mm-hmm. the core ideal of a Jedi is to protect then there is no way to be a better more proud jedi than sit in that desert and protect luke protect the next generation protect the future this absolutely makes me a jedi
3: yeah, w- w- when analyzing themes, it's important to not leave any line on on the the the, the chopping block until until you know maybe you know you can. Uh, and so all that to say, Haja's little line of "This is how it feels to be a real Jedi" is a funny little beat, without a doubt. I'm really enjoying the character of Haja, but man, isn't that just mm-hmm. so powerful to to Kenobi? Yeah, <laughs> after he's seen the lightsabers, he's seen the robes, he's uh, tried one on for size, and it works. And and just Haja saying, as silly as it is. But Haja's making a choice too. Uh, yeah, he's getting, uh, I fought the scary Inquisitor lady, now I'm one and now I'm here, but he's making a choice. He's made this choice. Uh, he's looked at what he did, uh, what he's done, and he is uh, stepping forward in a different way. So that line of this is how it feels to be a real Jedi, one of those big theme moments as well for Kenobi.
2: Absolutely, and I think it's meaningful that you know, after super grumpy Kenobi from the beginning not trusting mm-hmm. uh, Haja and in fact yelling at himself on Mompuzo, like <laughs> I never should have trusted that bleep, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, to be like can you please watch over Leia? Yep. That transition to that level of trust, you know? Yep. Big Completely. deal. Uh, do you want to talk about how the this episode reflects the sort of larger themes or storytelling of Star Wars? Do you have any thoughts there?
3: Absolutely. Uh, you know, <laughs> this idea of why we fight is coming back. Uh, we always, uh, you know, pull some of those themes forward uh, from the previous discussions, but uh, no child left behind. I know that, by the way, is a very real world phrase that might uh, take you all in a different direction, but just go with me on here. <laughs> Uh, that, that group was waiting for Leia. That group need to survive too. Uh, I want to credit our our good buddy, Alex Damon, out of just a great little uh, analysis beat on this in his review too, of just like, that's part of it. No, no one left behind if possible. We, we, we go forward together or we don't. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and I thought that was, that was a great little beat of just what this is, the overall Star Wars story, not just about the rebellion that's emerging. Um, And I think you take all the themes you and I have discussed today, uh, the why uh, and how you fight, what's the goal, your conditions of victory. Love that phrase. Learning from the past, the hollowness, the rage. You collect them all into a pamphlet called how you actually win. (laughs) Even hesitate to use the word win in that. But you know what I mean? The complete victory, the actual victory, the breaking of any cycle, the breaking violence, true change. And I think you put them all in a little pamphlet and you just start handing it around the galaxy. And, and, And I think that's what this episode is doing for me.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I thought that this episode really did have a thread of alone versus together, like the literal words together Mm -hmm. and alone uh, being repeated as well as seeing it in the actions. You know, Obi-Wan, when he uh, steps up and takes that leadership role, you know, he says, if we defend this position together, then by the time they get inside, we'll be gone. Um, Obi-Wan and Reva have that great back and forth that you talked about of uh, Reva saying, I don't need anyone. And Kenobi saying, you won't Mm -hmm. stop him alone. And as we talked about, you have no idea what I've done alone. But again, it's that, that... uh, alone versus together uh, in in their second meeting you know kenobi says we could end this uh together so i really thought that that theme was prevalent i loved the moments where obi-wan uh, kept going back for people right and it was mm-hmm. really like yes no one left behind i thought that was really really beautiful yeah yeah i also really liked uh that this the uh, whole show is taking something that I've always thought about uh, is implied by Star Wars storytelling, but making it very specific and literal of that of the Jedi is found family like mm-hmm. th- the theme of found family is so huge in Star Wars going back to a new hope. I think it's one of the reasons that people are so connected to and so celebrate Rebels because Rebels mm-hmm. has that as its beating heart, right? Found mm-hmm. family. Um in, in Obi Wan and Leia bonding about what it means to miss your family of origin, but but having just as much joy in your your adoptive family, your found family. Obi Wan says, "You know, I got a new family, the Jedi, and even though it was in an absolutely horrible moment, mm-hmm. Reva using that term again about the her fellow younglings, saying they were the only family I knew, and he slaughtered them. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, brutal." Uh, But it continues this idea of that Jedi as found family, which I really, really like.
4: Yeah,
3: it was really powerful. Yeah, Again, Reva's got so so much stuff, some of the stuff that's happened to her, it's without a doubt, I'd break. I'd absolutely break. That's why I think there's so much uh, sympathy uh, I have for this character and and, and empathy to her story so far. But yeah, that was such a powerful use of (laughs) just to see her kind of just reject the idea of, of, of looking for a, a new family a uh, looking for a new connection. That's why that line was so powerful to me. If you, you know, you don't know what I've done alone. Um, there's a lot of power in that statement. A lot of mm-hmm. 10 years of this, I, you know, I I, 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 she should take some pride in <laughs> surviving on her own, but um, where it's letter and the hollowness of that, again, the hollowness of rage is a, is a big lesson anyways.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, uh, I have two more little things. One is horrifying, and one is hopeful. So <laughs> we'll do it. Do the horrifying. Uh, you mentioned it, but I I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. Um, the way it hit me the first time, you know, Reva's having that uh flash between Vader approaching to stab her and Anakin approaching to stab her, and both of them mm-hmm. uh, stabbing and reliving that trauma. And in a lot of stories, that would be you know like that that awful funny moment emotionally awful in uh in the avengers movie where scarlet witch says to thanos you took everything from me and thanos is like i don't even know who you are like yeah. a lot of times that beat would be like i don't remember you mm-hmm. the fact that that vader says did you really believe i did not see it youngling mm-hmm. um obviously it feels like oh w- when reva was brought into the inquisitors like ah, oh, he remembered her or, or remembered you know Mm -hmm. sense that what she was about but i guess what i'm getting at is the the way that line struck me on an emotional level is vader remembers everyone he slaughtered Mm -hmm. um at least in the temple like once he gets to vader and just you know cutting down rebels right and left in in comics and that i don't know that he's memorizing every face
3: there's bob bye bye ted
2: See you later. Chuck. <laughs> no. Got that, yeah, that that Vader all, all I'm surrounded by is fear and dead men. I don't think uh, he's like, and I'm gonna remember you all. Right. Uh but I took it as he remembered every face. Uh I don't think mm-hmm. that I don't think it's it's implicit in the line, uh, you know, right. but that's the way it felt emotionally. And I was curious if it felt the same to you.
3: It it did. I'll tell you why. And it's not just that moment, a lot of moments in here. This idea of I guess we could call this a shared flashback. It definitely seems to see a lot of it from Vader. Um, but I, I imagine they're both. Going back to that moment here in this episode So I can go with that But it it, 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 it goes from the opening flashback to Vader, uh, Vader. It, 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 It's him remembering these things and, and this just might be again Being an original trilogy kid Of thinking what's in there How much does he know How much is buried but it's this constant battle. And as, as, as you grow up with Star Wars, uh, again, speaking, you know, definitely don't want to just make our, our generation of original, mm-hmm. original trilogy kits. But as you grow and learn with Star Wars, I think you're, you're more and more understanding that what is really going on inside that mask. It's a true prison uh, containing this battle between Anakin and this this creature known as Vader. And one of my favorite moments, uh, I've talked about it before, but it's, it's, it's a Chuck Wendig moment from a, a Darth Vader annual. It's him on the Petronaki arena as Vader. And he's getting these echoes of the past. And that was one of the, I was really blown away by that reading it the first time. I think this is back in like 2014, 2015 range of just like Vader remembers. It's Mm -hmm. all there, the good and the bad, and it haunts him. And he's haunted every second of the day. And that includes memories of his mother and that includes Padme, all those things. And it just makes his, uh, its not not just makes his fall more tragic. It just makes everything he does have extra added, um, value to the overall story and the lessons we need to learn, but also his fall. Uh so anyways, I don't know if that answered your question directly, but it did strike me in the same way. Uh I, you know, more than just a, a twist. Oh, he does remember of him going, I know everything I've done. And I have not a record of it, not a Google sheet, but I know what I've done and I keep making those choices.
2: Yeah. And I am going to do the same vi- the exact same violence I did to you in the past because that's how much I remember it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, yeah, really it's, yeah.
3: Sorry. It's not an accident. You know, I didn't just stumble no. into this fall.
2: No, no. And I really love what you're saying. I I, I think it's in some of the uh, I, I know there's a lot of flashbacks in Lords of the, of the Sith, but I think in some yep. of the Thrawn uh, uh, books where Anakin is featured, I, I really like that Timothy Zahn has him referred to the Jedi was here before, you know. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. great example. Yeah. And yeah, that that idea that it's all with him. Everything he needs to make better choices is with him. And he is pushing it away, pushing it away, pushing it away.
3: Yeah, because really? power is an answer, obsessed with victory. I mean, all the things we've learned in this, uh, uh, f- there's that fight, that flashback fight. Absolutely. Uh, Vader's, uh, Vader's view of the world is so twisted, tragically. Understandably yeah. at times, but yeah. tragically.
2: And then to try to end uh, this part of the podcast on a, on a positive note, I did <laughs> want to mention... Uh, <laughs> The power of little Leia. Um, I, I just, I love that she did get to reconnect with Lola. I thought that she was used well so she could be pre- proactive. She could do something. She could be part of the solution, but, uh, you know, it, it, not once again sort of uh, being as traumatized. But I really like that what Leia does visually, <laughs> uh, practically, is open a door to the sky to mm-hmm. a fighting chance to live to hope i thought it, it does matter it's it, it's you know practical crunchy plot logistics they need to get the door open and she's in the tunnel but yeah. when you pull back and kind of look at it from a what is this what is the visual metaphor saying it's Leia opening the door to a chance to hope
3: I, you know i love that you bring it up uh you know, they needed they needed her to do something in this episode right so you can look at it from that all right let's send her up here that was a great little moment with by the way the cutest little um 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 restraining bolt in star wars history
4: <laughs>
2: it really
3: was
4: well, what a little restraining bolt little
3: cute restraining bolt um so yeah it is that it is that Let, let's put her up there because this is what we need to do but i love what you're saying about that but it also made me think of leia on hoth uh of of the commander who would not leave of the commander who needed to take the actions uh to to help everyone else and uh, uh you know uh it just made me think of that that, that, that those her final moments on echo base before han uh, finally convinces her to get on out
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. Leia escapes again. She Mm -hmm. is good at it. Uh, And with that, we're going to escape. We're going to take a quick break and then we will be back to talk about some of the big, fun canon stuff action moments, comedy moments, all that great stuff. Back in just a moment for more Kenobi talk. Hey, everyone. back for more reporting on Obi-Wan Kenobi. We are excited to get into some canon stuff. I thought this episode was really interesting, Ken, because it did have some uh, fun specific little things that we will uh, get into, but I want to talk about some of the big stuff. We talked about a lot of the uh, the meaning, the ideas of the sparring battle that we see, but I want to take a moment. That's a, that's a big canon thing uh, yeah. to see <laughs> uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan Sparring in prequel era, uh, I would think uh, right around, uh, you know, pre uh, Attack of the Clones. Uh, how did you feel just about seeing that?
3: First of all, I'll go back to a little bit of how I took in this episode. Again, 13 glasses of the most vile prep juice uh, down my gullet. <laughs> the episode starts and we're on Coruscant. And I go, Oh, oh my God, that's awesome. We're on Coruscant. I wonder who's uh, is Bale there? Like, I thought it was in the present. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so. So when they pay, pull back and I see the Padawan braid, I, I got extra excited. I, I, my delusions. I was like, oh, a flashback. Oh, my God. So great. Uh, love everything about it. Even from the little details of, of I'm wondering like the exact moment, like when it is. Like, is this, is this before, right before Attack of the Clones? Like, are they now going to get in that elevator and go see Padme? Like, when is it? You know, I get obsessed with that little detail. Um, uh, so, but just overall and just looking at it, seeing it again, seeing Corson again, seeing them, seeing the pattern one braid and yeah, did, did Anakin look a little older? Yeah. Guess what? Hayden's older and all the technology in the world isn't going to change your face. And as Grace yelled, uh, pointed at the screen, you and McGregor's on the Paul Rudd diet. Um, even with technology, he looks great. So they both look wonderful. (laughs) Uh, I can, I can, I can take that big leap of, uh, just leap of uh, leap of faith with everyone else on the tech side of this fight. So I loved all of it. I, I, it was it was a great use of of, of the flashback.
2: Yeah, I, I just loved it. And it's also another reason that I just need to hit the the button and watch again mm-hmm. immediately. Uh, I had the same thing. I think some of my happiest memories of watching this show is going to be seeing a planet a scape a, a planetscape that I recognize. I remember you and I both went, ooh, when we saw Alderaan, knowing like, oh, here we go. We're going to spend some time on Alderaan. Yeah, it just opens your Coruscant. You're like, what? Oh, what are we going to see? Who are we going to see? Uh, and then pulling back and seeing in scene. Anakin. Yeah. Uh, so great. It, I agree with you. For me, like, the, the de-aging uh, mm. of Hayden is is only okay for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's so much else to be joyful uh, about, and it almost it almost amuses me because yeah, Ewan looks perfect <laughs> for <laughs> Attack of the Clones era Obi-Wan, in my opinion. And it mm. is almost like, this is fueling uh, Anakin's rage of like, you're even better at me than de-aging, de- you know? <laughs> I love
4: that.
3: Yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, and Hayden, good looking man. No one's crying for him. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Yeah. It, it, you know, and I've already already seen YouTubers are uh, I fixed it, the deaging. agent. Good for yeah. you whatever uh the emotional punch of it was uh was there and it, you know, Hayden had a he disadvantage like, you know he's early 20s when he's filming Attack of Clones right so yeah. the, the changes yeah. your face is going to go through. uh Ewan was already a little more established yes there's aging he probably has a great skincare routine uh I'm trying that now too folks you should all do that um but yeah um that aside that aside it just really worked and it's fun to watch um to sit with, sit with grace. And, and I, I watched it the second time was her first viewing and, and you experienced that a lot with Sarah too. Um, but you know, grace is a prequel kid, man. And the sheer jump off the couch excitement for that, um, was mm-hmm. really moving to me.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, a very, very good point about the de-aging like, uh, you know, around 48, Uh, to 35 Mm -hmm. is the uh, obi-wan transition roughly yeah Yeah, Yeah. that's a little bit easier uh from any age back to 17 (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) or you know whatever the actual age is anyway uh uh so I, I, a couple of things that I really, really loved about it, uh, the, the fight, obviously we'll, we'll talk about action, that the ton that was cool in the fight, but I really loved some of the little details like Obi-Wan holds his blade out in his ready stance that he had back in the day at mm-hmm. that time. That's the same sort of ready stance that he does to Dooku before their battle and attack the clones by the time we get to revenge of the sith he has a different stance for when he's ready to fight you know yeah yeah uh, so there's lots of those little moments of accuracy lots of little um callbacks call forwards in their fighting style there was such you know sort of uh fun nerd accuracy and authenticity to their actual sparring plus mm-hmm. with lots of new fun cool moves and i just also loved um how much it it gave me on screen um a bright moment literally like obviously Anakin yes. is, is, is is always got that ragefulness but big picture this is a tender moment it ends with the uh, some instruction from Obi-Wan but with a compliment and a pat on the back right um and then the fact that it is we we've we see Coruscant in lots of ways but to see beautiful blue sky mm. and you know I'll take every moment I can with uh obi-wan and anakin having some moments of bonding you know grew up with you know he was a cunning warrior and a good friend and i always want to see as many moments as possible of and Mm, a good friend and i think this was even though yes anakin is literally being taught a lesson (laughs) and doesn't quote unquote win the fight uh it's still a a moment of you know mentorship and and brotherhood with a beautiful blue sky in the utter power at the beginning of this episode of jumping from the we're sparring because I'm teaching you my young brother to Vader, dark, desolate, breathing heavy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, the, the clash of blades isn't a a calm way to learn life lessons. Mm. It is anger and hate and conflict.
3: Mm. No, no. Well said. And, and I, 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 I always say it's kind of a Vader slash Anakin trait, him staring out a window, hands behind his back or hands at his side, whatever it may be. But, I always say it's just, it's, it's Vader staring out at what he doesn't have uh, and mm. how he's feeling. Um, so yeah, no good use of, yeah, and it. Yeah. yeah, the literal brightness of it um, worked. And, and by the way, uh, up top, I'm saying, Hey, sometimes volume, um, you know, I'm not jiving with it. Th- this, and I'm sure so, what was practical, what, what isn't, I can't wait to watch the Disney gallery and learn. This looked great from beginning to end. Uh, I did love what they achieved with this
2: absolutely just yeah all the great thematic stuff even aside it's just uh, Mm -hmm. cool awesome the reflective uh, floor yeah 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 just amazing amazing to see so happy for it so i want to be sure to just spend some time uh Mm -hmm. nerding out about how awesome that was and we're not even done yet but but, but,
3: but, Um, sorry sorry, can i put you on the spot do you have a headcanon spot of any specific moment does that not matter to you it doesn't Knock me off my enjoyment or anything But I'm curious do you have a uh, Their next moment is let's go get a burger at Dex's Or hey (laughs) we go to Padme's apartment
2: Oh, no, I think this is very uh, pre-Attack uh, of the Clones. I think yeah. it is very close to Attack of the Clones. I think the, the uh, no, I nerded out about it and, and yeah. paused to confirm lightsaber hilts.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, great, good. Uh, yeah. And,
2: and also like, okay, wait, wait, wait. This Because uh, at first I was like, is, is this maybe immediately after Attack of the Clones? Like, no, 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 Anakin's got both of his hands, so. <laughs> yeah. I nerded yeah. out hard about the exact timing of it. But right. it really, right. it feels like it's leading into a lot of what they debate in Attack of the Clones as well you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. about anakin rushing into face dooku not not thinking you know Mm -hmm. thinking he's just going to overpower him about him you know about that line of of you know obi-wan saying you know if you practiced your your uh, sword skills as much as you practice your wit you'd rival master yoda and he's like well i already do (laughs) Yeah. yeah you know that cockiness and specifically about like I think there's also just for me like is it's leading up to attack the clones it, it, it's a good train it's a good training moment for obi wan too I mean we, yeah. we talk a lot about how he failed Anakin, but it, it is really him seeing like, okay, he is really powerful he's an amazing warrior and he's leading leaning into that and it, that's not all bad that he's an incredibly strong mm. fighter. so how can I see where he's going and meet him halfway and and, and compliment him but also give him a lesson? You know, it all feels like it's leading into attack the clones.
3: I uh, know, Yeah, I love that. I love that. And like I said, I'm, I'm both obsessed with it and also not overly concerned with it, which is part of the fun of being a Star Wars fan, right? I need to know the exact moment on the canon timeline this is, but also let's focus on the, what that scene is telling us. So yeah, and, and I don't necessarily need it to be the beat before. And, and, and so many people, including our, our great friend Brian Ward, has already put some wonderful art out of them having milkshakes shakes at Dex, Dex's <laughs> Diner right after this. But I, I almost thought for a second he was going to be like, let's now let's go to Dex's. Like, oh my God, yeah.
2: Yeah, in my head canon, I think they go to Dex's, I think they just put in the order, and then they get a grumpy call from Mace Windu that they need to go handle a border dispute on Antion.
3: It's like any you're at a restaurant and there's a fire truck and six firemen have just ordered their burritos and then the alarms yeah. go off. Yeah. Uh, can you wrap it up?
2: Yeah, I think this is directly, directly in between a Dexter's Diner meal and being sent to to Antion.
3: Thank you, Joseph. You answered it the way I needed it to be answered. So now my headcanon is confirmed.
2: Excellent. I can't wait until we get that individual episode of of Dexter's Diner. You you boys were just sparring huh? Yeah. Here's here's a, a canon thing that I really want to discuss with you, and um, something that we as Star Wars fans have discussed, uh, debated, gnashed our teeth upon, mm-hmm. and about. Uh, the power of rage to keep Darksiders alive seems to be confirmed uh, with yes. that snarky line from the Grand Inquisitor, who says, Revenge does wonders for the will to live, don't you think? Um, so I mean, for me, obviously what's going on here, Grand Inquisitor got stabbed in the gut, uh, Reva, it it appears was stabbed as a child and survived, Mm -hmm. uh, and is currently surviving again. That's just the gut stabbings we know about, but then you pile on, uh, malls, you know, Mm -hmm. there, we, we've watched those Clone Wars episodes again and again, there's nothing there, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I survived after the top Mm -hmm. half of my body survived on hate. Yeah. (laughs) yeah mm. uh,
3: uh, well, I, I would not recommend this in real life folks uh go seek medical treatment but uh, yeah no 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 no
2: no no it doesn't seem mm-hmm. to be like you mm-hmm. know uh, a good thing um I, and i've already seen some very funny memes about you know qui-gon watching this episode and seeing how many people survive uh being stabbed in the in the torso and it's <laughs> well. been a sad, a sad picture but yeah. I, this is what i want to get into i feel like what what they're trying to underline it is the plot mechanics but where they're also trying to underline is this is the story of the dark side of your motivation to live is to get vengeance on those who have wronged you and that's not who Qui-Gon is
3: yeah, no, 100%. By the way, I think Qui-Gon took it more straight in the heart. Uh, and, you know, if, if the blade uh, kind of cauterizes the wound it creates in a way, uh, you know, I'll allow the scientists to step in here and explain lightsabers to me. But <laughs> I, I think both the, the Grand Inquisitor and then the other Grand Inquisitor, Reva, uh, um, um, mm-hmm. and then going back to her youth. Yeah, I think it's it might be about where the b- blade hits for sure, if you're looking for the science of it. But yeah, the point, again, the why of it, 100% right. Hundred percent right. The hollowness of all of this. The hollowness of rage. The hollowness of of Maul's pursuit. E- even Anakin surviving. Yeah, needed a lot of help, Palpatine needed to show up for sure. But yeah, what fuels you? And what can you let go? How can you let go? Luke, peace and purpose. Palpatine, clone me till I'm dead, cause I ain't. I ain't going. It, it's all. It's all the repeating lessons.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I think you know, uh, not to stir the somehow Palpatine returned pot.
3: <laughs> you and I always do. We kick that <laughs> hornet's nest a lot.
2: But I mean, I, the various, you know, books have elaborated that Palpatine was ready for this and, you know, threw his consciousness into into a clone and all that. But but I feel like uh, it to me, it's all it's all laser swords and magic. But the uh, that that's the science to me, laser swords in, in magic and. Mm-hmm. Um, But to me, it all kind of goes into this fun line, a very pulpy line from (laughs) Grand Inquisitor kind of explaining how he survives. Like, I was so mad at you for stabbing me, third sister, that I Mm. kept me, gave me the will to live just like it has you. It it all just piles into this story of that. that This is what darksiders do. They they rage to to stay alive Mm. and cling to life, even with very bad wounds.
3: Yeah, and then and then when uh, those around you, who you surround you with, uh, when uh, you, know, you served your purpose, thank you. You're done. Your rage was useful for a while. Not no more. You're
2: out of yeah. Here. Now in my head cannon, uh, Dooku's head survived for a while, and after they all left the bridge, <laughs> Dooku's head is mumbling, "This isn't over. This isn't over."
3: Yeah, well, well yeah, okay. but he also how much of uh, how much of his does his head stay alive because of visual confusion. <laughs>
2: what? what?
3: What? That was supposed to be me. Yeah.
2: It's all making sense now. The head yeah. says the, yes. the light finally goes out. Uh all right. Uh I also also wanted to kind of pay attention to some quotes here because I thought that there was a lot of great lines that connect to the future. Um mm. uh Anakin's great line when uh when Kenobi is saying the Jedi's goal is to Uh, Preserve life, not take it. And he says, mercy doesn't defeat an enemy master. Great Anakin line. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I also kind of like it is is foreshadowing because I think Vader is ultimately defeated uh, by mercy, by Luke's mercy. So uh, he's wrong. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yep.
3: Absolutely. I'll lean to that final moment. 100%.
2: Yeah. Um, and I know you and I are both very big fans of Obi-Wan's uh, wisdom in a new hope. You you can't win, but there are all alternatives to fighting. And I thought mm. a lot of the episode obviously was dealing with, you know, that let's redefine the victory conditions because they just expect us to fight. Um, and I thought that was really reflected in that line uh, where I believe it's Roken says, you want to tell me how you're going to fight without a weapon. And Obi-Wan says, there are other ways to fight. I thought that was, a real reflection of that line and that philosophy. Did that Mm. one hit you?
3: That hit me too. I also had some, some little uh, wispy thoughts of uh, Yoda and his wispy uh, hair telling uh, Luke, uh, you know, as he goes in the cave, uh, you know, you don't need your weapon.
2: Um, Mm. Just
3: a little bit more of the Jedi philosophy at at play.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If you present a weapon, you'll get one back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also really liked um, at the end of their sparring, uh, when Obi-Wan says, you're a great warrior, Anakin, but you need to prove yourself as your undoing until you overcome it. A Padawan you will still be. Obviously, the whole uh, cuts to Vader still feeling like a Padawan and all that. Um, but I also just really liked hearing Kenobi use the phrase warrior, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. That That's... You know, Kenobi has his his missteps, you know, including at the end of Attack of the Clones, when when he says, I have to admit, without the clones, it wouldn't have been a victory, and you know, <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: gets tongue-lashed by Yoda there. Um, because Yoda's already seeing that, yeah, war's not make one great. He's heading he's heading to that uh revelation later in his life, right? Mm-hmm. Um so but but Kenobi's a little bit more like, no, fighting is a part of this. You you gotta do it, you gotta be clear about why you're doing it. So him just kind of casually using the term warrior, I like from that perspective, and I also like that it it tied to you know Kenobi's original description of Anakin from A New Hope of that he was a cunning warrior.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, there's there's some uh, absolute dangers to warrior culture. Uh, I'll say that for sure. But um, um, I uh, really uh, think like you said, it's kind of part of what we're here for. And 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 if you get the the how and the why you're fighting um, right, there's great value to it.
2: Absolutely. Um, So those are a couple of quotes that jumped out to me from there. I just got some some little fun details and I'm sure not all of them. Uh, But I wanted to bring these up and see what you thought, Ken. Uh, Did you cheer for Roken having a bowcaster?
3: Uh, Yes. Spoiler alert. It's in my favorite action moments. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And there's a lot of other people on Twitter I saw really enjoying this. Um, O'Shea Jackson Jr. had just having a lot of fun. Being in Star Wars as he should and uh, you know I, I would love to know was it one of those moments like you know Mace wants a purple lightsaber you and you get to pick the hilt that great thing in the, in the Phantom Menace talk of alright you pick the hilt like where that you, uh, O'Shea what kind of bowcaster
0: oh okay
2: it cool. really feels like it was that kind of moment like look if I'm going to be in uh, in Star Wars yeah, give me one of those Chewbacca blasters Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I want it's a, just a great fun pop I, yeah. I made some noise um, there's definitely a thing uh, going on in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show where we're definitely getting some some fun new aliens or some uh, species that we haven't seen as much. But we're also just getting some reuse, including um, perhaps the species, perhaps the person himself, Vober Dan, just hanging out.
3: I take it as Voberdan, Dan, so yes. <laughs> That's who I thought it was, but yes.
2: Look, I'm here for the the big picture, but I'm also here to get excited about a character named Voberdand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, how do you how do you feel about that? Uh, the the mix of we are definitely seeing um, some you know new characters, uh, the the weird dinosaur bounty hunter in part two that the community is falling in love with as they should. Yeah. Waiting for that three and three quarter action figure, uh, but there is a a lot of background aliens like. Makes total sense that you just see somebody else of that species, or like the alien, a Muncie Tidian who's in Rise of Skywalker. There's a lot. There's a lot popping up. Are you okay with that?
3: Oh, totally, absolutely. Uh, uh, I think it's such a key part of Star Wars, and I'm one. I always, I always feel guilty. Like a couple of our our, our Discord uh, listeners um, pointed out that the Andor trailer seems to lack a lot of aliens. We know that the show's not going to, because we've already heard some of the like Neil Scanlon and company uh, coming back to do a lot of cool things. But I'm mm. one of the ones that I don't see that right away. Uh, which makes me feel weirdly guilty. So I love seeing the, the uh, uh, aliens in, in Star Wars because that's part of why we're here, you know, kind of what yep. made you, you fall in love with it. Whatever you saw first prequels, uh, sequels doesn't matter. Original cantina. Um, so it's great to see. Yes. Love
2: it. Yeah. And it and it's fun to see some characters that you recognize from somewhere else in in know that yeah that, that's a practical reuse uh, mm-hmm. of a uh, of a costume or a, a puppet uh mm-hmm. or an animatronic or whatever uh but then it is also fun to just be in that canon bubble of like is that one of Voberdan species or is that Voberdan? someone will tell me someday and right now it's fun to wonder yeah yeah Absolutely. um this is popped up earlier in uh in part two but there's been more discussion of it online so i wanted to be sure uh, to include it uh the character of uh, corin horn and his mother uh, being featured in Star Wars are getting a lot of people excited. If, uh, like myself and Ken, you're not as uh, up to date on Legends, Cornhorn was a major character in the EU. Now, Star Wars Legends, a pilot in Rogue Squadron, in eventually a Jedi in uh, a- along with Luke Skywalker in in uh, Luke's new Jedi Order. Cornhorn was there. Uh, his mother on um, has has been named. Uh, on IMDb with the correct name of the character's mother. They mm. do end up on Corellia and in Besh. Uh, on the walls, his father's name is mentioned as well. So just a lot of Cornhorn. Saw the author of those Rogue Squadron books, uh, Michael Stackpole being very, very cool about it on social media, just really celebrating it and saying, I, nobody's talked to me about it. I have no idea if they're setting up the Cornhorn Disney Plus show mm. or if it's just a fun nod, but regardless of anything, it's really fun. So uh, that was just fun to see. Do you have any thoughts on this?
3: I, 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 first of all, on one hand, I'm like a villain. I have no emotional reaction to this. The other hand, I'm so happy. So many people are celebrating this as they should. It's, uh, I think right now to me, I take it as a fun nod, Um, Mm -hmm. but uh, it's rewarding for a lot of folks. And I think that's a good thing.
2: Yeah. I I mean, I, I really do uh, continue to take notice of, the fact that pablo hidalgo has a prominent and different credit than before of being Mm -hmm. a lore advisor and i just feel like there are a lot of fun details uh that it feels like obi-wan kenobi almost feels a little bit more like pablo hidalgo you know being the head writer on a visual dictionary yeah, yeah. (laughs) and saying i'm gonna pull in little details from everywhere to make every every star wars fan feel feel seen
3: yeah, and, and and again, at the end of the day, that is what it's uh, doing, and I'm so happy for that. I'm I'm slightly joking when I say that. I, I don't have an emotional reaction to it. I just didn't take that deep dive into legends like a lot of folks. But from the Mersan Pirates, right, which was the mm-hmm. deep cut reference, to like a comic book to this, it's really fun and it's always rewarding, and I love seeing it.
2: Yeah, yeah, and a couple more. Uh, Tala mentions uh, the planet Gorrell where she was forced to take a part of that uh, atrocity, and that is uh, featured in uh, in Rebels. Um, I really liked. Seen in the credits this i did have a strange emotional reaction to the confirmation that uh vader's ship is the devastator mm-hmm. love that Which was really nice to see final thing for me is like that, that pile of lightsabers and oribesh i'm sure somebody else will do a lot of detective work i i paused <laughs> on a second or third viewing to see like are there any of your lightsabers i really concretely recognize Look. and uh I'm sure uh, the detective work is being done. Uh, I'll leave it to other detectives.
3: Absolutely, Uh, Detective Damon's on the case. Uh, Look, I, uh, I, I, you only, I paused as well just to see if Gungie's lightsaber was there. That's the only thing I'm looking for.
2: I didn't see it. This is this is why you have a distinctive lightsaber. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) None of these repetitive hilts, everybody. Yeah, is there one from the High Republic era? Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of orbeds. So I'm sure more things will pop up there. Uh, that was my canon uh, notes. Did you have anything else?
3: Uh, just uh, the big connections to Order sixty six and getting more of it. Um, uh, not to repeat the conversation we had at top of this section, but I had the same reaction. I guess it was Ken wonders what's around every corner episode, where is this the continuation of Vader and the and the five of first march and end as they march right in, do, and this is one of the first things they see. Is, is her right then and there? I don't know. Uh, I don't need it to be one way or the other, but I think it was just, um, I don't want to say fun seeing more of Order 66, uh, but seeing a bigger picture, even combined with, by the way, what we know, I, I had that thought of while this is happening in another hallway, Grogu's waiting for someone to rescue him. <laughs> like yeah. I kind of had it. Gungi's all
2: running off with Grogu. Yeah. Uh, oh, there <laughs> you go. Um, so anyways, yeah,
3: I, I, I just to see a little bit more of the, the bigger picture there of what's going on.
2: Yeah, I think Gungi and Tara Sanube oh, <laughs> teamed no. up to rescue Grogu. Oh, I like that. I like that. Tara didn't make it out, but uh, Gungi and Grogu did. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. No, I. I mean, there was a power in just hearing Obi Wan say it right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the night of Order sixty six and the way he pops it. Uh, I, by, by
3: the way, I wanted him when she asked the that, that moment like there was a two percent part of my brain that wanted him to go. Yeah, yeah, I was being shot. By Commander Cody. You don't know where I was? I was falling.
2: Back off where, me. Where was I? I had just defeated General Grievous, ended the Clone Wars, and immediately had the victory horrifically ripped from me. That's that, That's where I was.
3: <laughs> you want to talk about who didn't help anybody?
2: Yeah. Uh, we were joking, but man, was that powerful. Um, yeah. And you know, I always want to be surprised by shows, and I always want to be open uh, to having an expectation, and then being surprised that the show goes another way. Mm-hmm. That scene was amazing and powerful, and, and also it was just um it, it was rewarding that there was so much in the early episodes that intuitively made you feel like okay, the the primacy of starting with the the scene of the younglings really signals mm-hmm. us that this is important, and yeah. seeing some of that play out um was uh it, it's. It's resonant because it felt right, you know? Yeah. Yeah. To the story, into the themes, into the characters and everything that the show has been building. Love it. Yeah. Uh, all right. We shall move on from Order 66 <laughs> to favorite <laughs> action moments. Uh, let's talk about some of the great action beats, a lot of fun and meaningful pulp thrill in this. So, Ken, why don't you just run down your list, and if we have some repeats, uh, so yeah. be it.
3: Yeah, I mentioned before, but Roken, Roken just emerging with a bowcaster was action. That's action. You grab a bowcaster, you take an action. Uh, Somewhere Han's going, I like this gun. Uh, So love that. Leia going into action, and then pulling out her gloves with that deep sigh. One, one of the little things I've, uh, I've loved all through this series so far, and, and yes, a lot of uh, correct, uh, you know, and, and, and earned praise for uh, Vivian uh, Lyra Blair, right, um, uh, in this series. But going back to how I loved, and I know a lot of people, turns out after you and I left the Celebration Hotel room, not a lot of people liked that chase sequence in uh, the early episodes. I loved it because of the little moment with Leia sliding, showing some actual intentional action. Uh, mm-hmm. This is my self-rescuing princess that changed my life and a lot of Star Wars fans. So her going, all right, I'm doing it. Pull out the gloves and going, ah, like let's go and let, let's do it. I love that little <laughs> moment of action. Loved it.
2: No, that was it was really great. Is Leia getting to work fixing a problem? You know, love it. Uh, yeah. it yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that I, I I love the chase in part I, one. I, it's a totally appropriate for a, a child in her own environment trying to get past you know some bounty hunters who she's not going to get past but she's trying
3: yeah and look chasing kids or chihuahuas it ain't easy i don't care how skilled you (laughs) are as a bounty hunter or whatever Uh, you know running around lake arrowhead we can we can drive up to lake arrowhead and reenact a scene if y'all want it's not easy um uh, kenobi force pushing reva back into the stormtroopers and picking up the 610 split love that Love that. Uh, I thought that was great. Uh, Ned B. That's a joyous name, right? Ned B. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it named after Ned Betty? We'll find out. Uh, lifting and tossing that trooper uh, into the <laughs> wall. Amazing. Uh, Kenobi slicing troopers in the hallway uh, during that sequence. But all that leads up to, I do want to talk a little bit moment about about Tala uh, and um Dara Varma, by the way, getting a hero's death. She's uh, on the record saying, "Hey, love what I did in Game of Thrones." Her death in Game of Thrones—I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't watched that show. It's—it's um, it's, uh, haunting. It's one of the more haunting deaths. It's one of Cersei's most uh, evil acts. Um, but it, her death happens a long time later off screen, and she's mm-hmm. been on the record saying, "Of like, I was good to go. I figure I'm Game of Thrones. I'm gonna die. But I asked them, please let me do it on screen, and I didn't get to do it." this is an emotional death. And I will say this. Um, I was, uh, one of our listeners, Mike Fink, uh, shout out to Mike Fink lives up uh, near San Elmo uh, and He reenacts the Boba Fett parade route a lot. Um, uh, he, he had mentioned in our discord that he had shed some tears during this moment and I didn't during the first time. And then the second time, I think knowing that he did and knowing it was coming and knowing that Ned B, uh silent, uh, you know, head touch, I started, mm-hmm. uh, I started shedding tears before the moment hit. It got me. It got me the second time around. I really do love this character. It's sad she's gone, uh, but there's a valuable lesson. And that's sometimes uh, what you take from these characters and their journeys, even if they're short. And I uh, love the sequence. Uh, what a wonderful action and the sacrifice of it all had great meaning.
2: Yeah, no, it is a really want, well done scene. Uh, maybe in canon should have mentioned, uh, you know, the sadness of Obi-Wan's screaming no. <laughs> yeah. Again, as he watches, uh, somebody cares about uh, fall. But yeah, no, is it, well done. It's sad to see the character go, but in Star Wars you can always get uh, more storytelling with the character. Again, we're watching the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, a show about a character who died in the first Star Wars anything. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean that we won't get more storytelling with that character in, in some way someday very sad to watch her go but the stuff with the sacrifice that she was you know that she made mm-hmm. uh with the thermal detonator and with ned covering her really moving stuff
4: yeah
3: great stuff so fun couple moves for me uh uh it was touched before i'm sure you'll touch on it as well but vader using everything in his arsenal to once again fall short of his goals his power is useless uh not useless uh overall he's you know uh, get that but you know to his overall goal and to the lessons and the why of vader all of that power constantly. Just, again, run through Star Wars, folks. One, how many times he stomps into icy baths or, you know, stomps after uh, down hallways. It never, never leads to him getting what he wants. And uh, that's why praise for all of Vader, Vader's power should be, uh, you know, uh, dished out carefully. Uh, so yeah. I love the lessons there. And then the final thing for me, I just wrote that whole fight between Reva and Vader. I just loved everything about it.
2: <laughs> Amazing. Right. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so for me, um, there's a ton of little beats in the fight, in the in the spar, the mm-hmm. sparring fight between Obi Wan and Anakin that I really love. But in particular, there's a, a foot dodge that Obi Wan does, like <laughs> yeah. that Anakin's trying to surprise him by like, "And I'll cut your foot off," and he does a, a quick foot dodge, and it was just one of the moments I like because it's a little, it's a little different. A lot of their moves are like, "Oh, we we we've seen that move before," but here's some different ones. I love the yeah. foot dodge. I love the position of uh, Obi-Wan doing this different block where the saber is straight down and getting it knocked away. So those are a couple moments in the of, of kind of different and flavorful action in that sparring yeah. session that I really liked. Um, probably my favorite action moment is Obi-Wan taking Anakin's lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just changing the game of, you know, of elbowing him and like literally just sort of like reorienting him and just being like, it's a different fight than you think it is. The, the victory conditions are different than you think they are, uh, yeah. you know? Yeah you know, it's not as clear as I don't have a weapon. There's some weapons around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. I agree with you. Kenobi's big force push of, of Riva. It has been, and I love the, your bowling joke. Absolutely. That was some good wee bowling mm-hmm. <laughs> of stormtroopers. troopers. Um, you know what? One of the things I liked in the, in the uh, retreat of the uh, column resistance fighters, freedom fighters mm-hmm. of using big metal shields, more of that friends. <laughs>
4: Yeah,
3: yeah, no, I mentioned I, earlier that sometimes I was like yelling at my screen like, Doc, Doc, you're looking like the the rebel, uh, the Alderaan uh, uh, fighters in the beginning of New Hope just standing in the, the corridor, but I did like those shields. Let's get the disperse those more around the uh, rebellion later on.
2: Yeah, let's spend some of the coaxium money on some shields. I think they're mm. great and practical. Um, uh, it was great to see, you know, o- Obi-Wan um, fighting with stormtroopers, blocking their blasts, you know, having to take them out in the hallway, but I, I, and i think there is a lot to be discussed about the the morality of obi-wan wants to preserve life but when uh the choice is these fa- these innocent families these children are going to be slaughtered uh he takes life um uh, mm-hmm. we got a got a four-center question we'll we'll address at, at some point about that so I, I just wanted to say like i i know it's complex and i know that there's more to be talked about there uh, but i also want to have fun with the the fantasy of it uh yeah. so on that note um Obi-Wan, when he, when he's taking down the the stormtroopers after Tala has been uh, hit, uh, he does this kind of underhanded flip of the uh, lightsaber and drives it straight through a stormtrooper. It's mm. not entirely behind the back, but it's kind of close to it. Um, and it, it's a cool move. And there was that a video game, I think came out in 2000 uh, for the PlayStation 1 Jedi Power Battles. Uh, oh, and yeah. you played through the, the story of Phantom Menace using a different Jedi... And you unlock different moves. And it was the really weird, like, double tap this, bend this, you know, (laughs) uh, absolute combo. Uh, But there was a move that Obi-Wan could do to stab behind his back. And I spent hours and hours and hours trying to line that up exactly (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I could do the move he did in this show, which was really fun uh, to see again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah uh yeah so i I just needed to nerd out about that a little bit that's cool uh and then f- final things for me like the the holding the ship back is cool we've been seeing more things like that in star wars so i think what really got me is vader just ripping it apart to open it like mm. he is starving and it's a can of peaches <laughs> <laughs> just the the and, and the final it's just so big i mean like yeah you, the cgi is you know whatever but the power of it is just like just, there's no delicacy there's no open the door it's just tear that off tear that off and the last one we just swipes it away there's the audible vader grunt yeah
3: yeah <laughs> peaches come from a can vader takes them when he can yeah
2: absolutely <laughs> yeah and then boy we could be here all day if i said every beat in that vader fight yeah, yeah. i like but i think what i really really love about it is it's this different you know kind of defensive for for Vader uh, showing just like you can't even touch me Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was really great answer to like he's still not that fast right I mean he's a little faster but it's still you know power over uh, speed right Mm -hmm. Um, and you could almost set it to a beat like some of his moves where he's like (laughs) uh, move your lightsaber hand up Push you back, dodge a little to the left. Like you could yeah. do an exercise video based on on Vader's moves, and it's still cool as hell. Uh, yeah. The one that I want to single sing, uh, single out is uh, when he he clearly just keeps kind of reaching into the Force and like grabbing her arm or grabbing her core and affecting her. Right, yeah. and there's that one where it feels like he grabs her core and just flips her, and yeah. Reva manages to land on her feet. That was a me shouting loud enough to possibly wake my wife at midnight.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it all. We, we, we can uh, continue to analyze it uh, until the episode uh, runs way into overtime. But yeah, I love everything about it. Yeah, you write power. A lot of times he, she he, it's almost like the mountain in the Viper. Like She's, she's jumping around and, and he's he's um, you know he's tested by it a little bit to be sure. But at the same time, I think going back to your earlier point, he says it's proven his skills and mastery.
2: Yep. And the classic hurl a lightsaber at her, which he does block and yep. doesn't do her any good because they end up right back in his hands. Very cool. All right. Let's yeah. talk about comedy and whimsy. I think there was some fun stuff, but not as not as many ha ha lines in this episode. Uh, why don't you take me through your list?
3: I just a lot of it around Haja. I I, I really do uh, love uh, Kamel in this role. I, I know it's very much his style of comedy and, and that might not hit with everybody uh, if you're not a fan, I am a fan, and I just love his love. That was underwhelming. Funny beat, I thought. Uh, and are you listening to me? I feel like you're not listening to me. With Leia, uh, it was funny as well. So I just like everything he, he kind of brings to the table. It's, it's a different tone at times, but it still it still
2: flows nicely into the rest of the show. To be clear yeah no absolutely uh any, anything else <laughs> yeah
3: um uh oh i mentioned the little restraining bolt but i do want to give credit to the swarmy grand inquisitor and rupert friend i i enjoyed his earlier appearances but this is these this was the beat that really won me over is is him as the inquisitor um i don't have any problems with that with his uh, the size of his head that debate uh probably still rages on the only thing i i i wish his pants were a little more form fitting i don't know the answer he looks a little dumpy <laughs> at times to me if i'm being honest and and that's from the first i just was re-watching episode one uh during this week and you know when he comes off it's, it's a powerful walk all three of the inquisitors walking down the center of tatooine there um mos but like uh, you know come on you get get a get a thinner uh, tighter cut of jeans here all right kid um But he just won me over. I just the the, I'm back kind of energy behind it and um, uh, just real swerving and and he made me laugh as as horrifying as he is.
2: Oh, no, I think that's a great pick. I am going to have to go back. I think I've watched this episode four times now, so I have to do a fifth viewing just for the Grand Inquisitors (laughs) subpar (laughs) pants. It's Uh, just slightly dumpy. That's all I'm going to say. A little dumpy. A little dumpy. Okay, I'm gonna investigate <laughs> that and see what I think. Uh, some some moments for me, I think you know some classic Anakin stuff that I know you know fans of the prequels were were mm-hmm. super excited for. But I love the playful energy at the beginning of the sparring. Is like yeah. uh, of Kenobi uh, showing up late and asking Anakin, "Are you ready?" And Anakin going, "Are you?" Is a like, classic smart mouth Anakin Skywalker moment in line. You know, in the, the I love that absolutely great yeah um I, I a couple of haja moments i like and i agree with what you're saying it's a very specific uh, style of humor and the styles of humor in star wars is always something that's going to be uh debated among fans with different tastes mm-hmm. uh, but i love that he goes from like yeah i know what it's like to be a jedi I sacrificed all this stuff and i'm in horrible danger this place is a good business opportunity though yeah yeah <laughs> you know, to show that he hasn't just entirely you know uh changed uh, it it's kind of buried when some other very serious stuff is going on but when they're checking in on how leia's progress is going and he yells to Leia, how, "How is it going?" And she reports. Everybody can hear her, and then he just repeats it.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> like he's doing something helpful. It's it's very in the background, but I thought it was funny. Yeah. Um, uh, I, there's an Astromech droid uh, in this facility that I love, for lack of a better term, I'm going to call him the Badminton Shuttlecock Astromech because <laughs> he's got that sort of uh, a big yeah. cone shape, and then yeah. the the typical Astromech head. Oh, or, or, or she, or they, yeah. uh, whatever the deal with the uh, shuttlecock astromech is, uh, I, I need some shuttlecock astromech product.
3: <laughs> he said carefully and uh, purposefully. Yes. Love that. Love the droids.
2: Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this counts as whimsy, but I needed to include it, uh, because it's one of my favorite lines. Uh, I love that, you know, Leia, the the self-saving princess doesn't volunteer, doesn't say I can do that. <laughs> it says I am going into that event yeah uh and gets that pushback and uh, in particular where o- obi-wan's like get her the ladder
4: <laughs> oh yeah that was a good i like that yeah <laughs> the,
2: the get her the ladder something about they're just like the this ultimate connection in, in uh you know faith uh between them that has been built it all culminates in obi-wan kenobi saying get her the ladder um yeah and my final thing is uh he of the dumpy pants uh the grand <laughs> inquisitor just when he shows up he's like hello Third sister, it's I, I love how pulpy he is. It, yes, it, it, there's. I don't know. It, there, there's this interesting dynamic that Reva is a is a new character. Uh, she's her her emotions are on the surface. She's a very human character. She even you know looks more more human. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's not as much weird stuff going on with her. And then it's like these these two you know freaks out of Pulp Fiction, <laughs> Vader yeah. in the armor and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know tall head dumpy pants inquisitor like no this is the way it is yeah i don't know it's like it's like this sort of um i don't know the the pulpy side of star wars reasserting itself
3: yeah absolutely it says a lot about her and what her perspective is as a character and what she's left behind what she hasn't left behind obviously but but yeah i I think you're right It's, it's wonderful star wars stuff
2: yeah, yeah. Is there anything that either you weren't sure about, or anything that we haven't uh, touched on, positive or negative, that you wanted to be sure to talk about?
3: Uh, no, overall, I do. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the the, the Jimmy Smiths bail stuff and what that might mean for next week and everything. So that's good. I, I mentioned before, just you know, some of the some of the fights might be contained by the way they're shot and and some little moments here and there all through the series haven't always hit with me, but I think, again, uh, I choose to, to put that aside and, and we're not here to review. We're here to discuss episodes. So, um, uh, that's the only thing a couple of times I look at, but, um, all good, man. I just want those future rebels to duck and hide when a laser fights. That's all I want.
2: <laughs> exactly. Uh, that could be a good snarky Obi-Wan line. Uh, great, everyone. <laughs> great. We'll work on ducking. Uh, the only other little thing I wanted to mention is, uh in the subtitles if you watch it with Thon, uh, when when Lola helps Layla, uh, when Lola helps Leia fix things, one of the subtitles is "Happy beep," which is nice. Yes. Um, all right, we are we're uh, running low on time, so we'll get moving. We want to talk about predictions or hopes uh, for. Next episode, I got a few thoughts, but I want to give you the floor, Ken. What are your thoughts?
3: Uh, real quickly, I'll kick it back to you here. I, I just, for me, I, I, I'm uh, there's a lot of bigger things uh, with Kenobi and Bale and this and that and Luke. I, I'm looking at Riva, Re- and I just, I'd love to see her. I'd lo- I'm rooting for her to break the cycle of violence and perhaps even defend Luke. I don't know, but it just doesn't seem that. In the cards. I love your idea of like, all right, I can't get Vader this way. I can maybe get him this way now that I have this information. And it might come down to this thing if she's she's just not willing to change. Uh and what choice does she want to make? And and that that could be uh, valuable as well uh, uh, This is a character a lot of people uh, love And want to see more of So if, if that's storytelling going forward I'm all for that If it's storytelling going uh, into the past With something else with her A book, a comic that examines some of her time In the last 10 years I'm for that as well She's a great character I've really been uh, uh, with her from the start uh, But looking at it next week I'm rooting for her to make a better choice I don't know if she wants to We'll see And you have to want to To, to, to make that change
2: yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you with uh, my my hopes going into it are really for Reva to make a different choice. I, I think I said last week, I think as Star Wars fans, we can sometimes get a little binary of like, uh, the Darksider is either going to um, you know, absolutely not give up or they'll be redeemed and they'll die. Uh, yes. They'll sacrifice their life in, in the end. And I just think there's more story to be had. So this is even a prediction. It's a hope. I hope that uh, she makes a different choice. And it's not redemption it's not the skies open up and everything's great i hope that she just stops she just stops attacking Mm. and she goes off to other adventures and to figure out her next steps by herself that that's my hope it's not a prediction that's what i would as a fan that's what i would love to see
3: yeah rooting for it yeah
2: yeah all, all she needs to do is stop making a destructive choice now and then the future is wide open um, yeah, and then so big, big picture for me, I, I really feel like so much of this uh, show has been about uh, getting Kenobi to feel like a Jedi, uh, he is he is re- returned to hope and he's returned to purpose and that watching over Luke, uh, maybe Leia, the next generation is purpose. I feel like there's a lot in this episode that was building to that, like we said, the the line from the sparring uh, uh, battle, a Jedi's goal is to preserve life, not take it. Uh, some things you can't forget, but you can fight to make them better. Those feel, felt like lines leading into Obi-Wan's final choice. Mm-hmm. And I think like when my when my, I was watching it with my wife and she's like, how much is left? I think it was it felt like Reva maybe figuring out Tatooine feels like a, an extra convolution and doesn't Obi-Wan still have to fight face Vader? I think that's uh, what we talked about in a little bit, what she was feeling. And, and I really understand that. And what my thought is, and I will let it go if I am wrong, is that Obi-Wan really needs this pivot point to decide, do I keep pursuing Vader, do I keep pursuing the mm-hmm. past, or do I protect the future? Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like it's set up for Vader's on their tail with the Devastator Star Destroyer. Obi-Wan is going to have to face him, but Obi-Wan is also going to know that Reva is headed to Tatooine to you know, repeat the cycle and take her vengeance out on Luke, and that he's going to have a choice of, I can I can stay on the path, mm-hmm. I can stay obsessed with the past, or I can walk away from Vader and protect luke i feel like that's the tension that's being set up
3: yeah um, yeah I, I think that like you said earlier that i think great to point out that that shot of, of the homestead uh, was missing obi Wan, uh and 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 that's part of uh, part of the part of the purpose of that
2: yeah and then final thoughts very quickly uh I, I feel like uh there is still room and i do still have hope for obi-wan to make e- e- an effort to see if there's any possibility uh to get through to vader And Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not the only person to to say this, I've seen other people say it, uh, but there is power that that Obi-Wan can simply tell Anakin what Padme's last words were without Mm -hmm. revealing that he has kids. And that would be amazing. Also, Qui-Gon. Anyway, we got to oh, wrap yeah. this episode up. Uh, uh, we could talk about what happens next uh, all day, <laughs> but uh, uh, we'll pull the, the curtain back. We got another appointment we need we, to make We actually have
3: a, a business meeting we have, <laughs> have to get to. Again, I apologize for having a colonoscopy yesterday.
2: <laughs> hey, these things happen, and they yeah. should. Uh, very quickly, mm-hmm. What's I- any item of merch you'd like from this episode? Yes,
3: we need the cinema scenes uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin sparring fight, but we need it with the not-quite-de-aged
0: faces.
2: <laughs> I, I want to not DH Anakin, absolutely I need my, my fourth uh, Kenobi with uh, the now slightly different robes and also there's one shot uh, where in this episode where Vader is looking out the window at the planet and you see his reflection in the window Yes, I need that to be a motivational poster <laughs> which says don't choose the dark side kids uh, alright Ken do you want to let people know where they can find yeah, us
3: we're the Force Center Podcast you can find us on Twitter Four Center Pod we're on Instagram, YouTube as well Facebook page is Force Center Podcast we're available everywhere including ACAST, Google Podcast Apple Podcasts, Spotify hey if you can leave us a rating and review if you want we appreciate that you can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center want an audio book go to audible trial dot com slash Force Center to get one on us and you can support us directly at patreon.com slash center. I'm Ken Napsuck at kenknapsack.com or at kenknapsack on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and other places around the world. Joseph, where can they find you?
2: Yep, you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at josephscrimshaw, and you can check out my website josephscrimshaw.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Shuttlecock Astromech, this has been the Kenobi Report. <music>